Hi everyone, it's Hian here. Before we share the episode, I want to know a few things. First, in this episode, I used the word crazy a few times. Afterward, Din kindly called me in and reminded me of how stigmatizing the word can be for those with mental illness. I have been working on shifting my language and continue to. Some alternatives I could have said were, I felt like I was being gaslit or unheard or not taken seriously, or the situation was wild or ridiculous. It takes work to shift our language, but we will keep trying here at Thoughtful Wellness Revolution. You'll also notice Zara and I try to shift our language in real time during the post-interview chat. Secondly, I want to place a trigger warning for gun violence mentioned at the timestamp below in the notes. Enjoy the show! Hi, you're listening to Thoughtful Wellness Revolution, where we believe wellness isn't wellness if it's just for you. We're your hosts, Zara and Hien. And before we get started, please make sure to give us a five-star rating and review. Even though we're a podcast that believes in decolonizing, we're still bound to the algorithm. So every little bit that you can help us out, we really appreciate it. And we thank you for all the support. Let's get into it. Today, we're talking to Din Do, a mental health facilitator and advocate from New York City. So Din, what's on your mind today? Ooh, it's definitely been a super intense and hectic kind of energy week. I don't feel like it's just for me. I feel like it's from the community, from my friends, my family. Um, yeah, so... Sorry, my brain is just restarting as I'm like thinking about all of all of the intensity building up. But yeah, I've been really leaning into community care this week, um, just so people have kind of a background since I'm in New York City and some may not be aware. Um, it was an extra intense week since there was a mass shooting in New York City earlier this week. Um, the suspect was caught the next day, but that really kind of affected um, me and certain of my friends' sense of safety. And a lot of that, I'm sure, has been happening with a lot of people with the ongoing things from um, the pandemic and whatnot. And so I do want to name that, like, if for whatever reason you see me or hear me pausing it's because I, I need a little extra time to process things, to process things this week. Um, thank you for that honesty and that vulnerability. I think that is um, a really beautiful thing to be able to bring forward and be honest about. And yeah, it's been hard this week, you can imagine. Um, so so that our audience gets a little bit of a better picture, could you tell us a little bit more about your work and your journey to becoming a mental health facilitator and advocate? Sure, um, I could give it more in a nutshell. And obviously, if you want any, uh, you know, me to expand upon anything. So, as a child of um, Vietnamese immigrants, my dad's dream for me was to become a doctor open my own practice, have him be working at the front desk, living together for the rest of our lives, you know, the usual immigrant dream. Um, Obviously that didn't happen uh, due to no small part of my fear of blood. (laughs) Every time they draw my blood at a doctor's office, I get a little woozy. So maybe medical stuff or medical professions wasn't really my thing. So um, luckily, I've always had a um, 
a rebellious streak in me. So I, I didn't go down that path. I know there are some people who have gone the path of what their parents wanted for them and no judgment. That just was not something I could see myself doing and being happy. So of course the opposite side of it was when I went to college, I was like, I'm gonna be an artist. I'm gonna show my dad that I can do things and he doesn't have the right to tell me what I need to do with my life. And that path didn't work out. And I think really my journey is just being okay with changing my mind. That's, that's been very difficult. Um, my parents have always taught me like, you know, you pick one path and you go down that path and you don't stray from it. And I feel like maybe some of you listening here today can understand that it's a very strict and regimented um, kind of schedule that you have for your life. And luckily I've been over the past couple of years with therapy, with friends and whatnot, um, I've been able to really allow myself space. And that's not really something I've really allowed myself growing up. And so, yeah, so um, basically right at the beginning of the pandemic, things were locking down. I was, you know, kind of stuck at home quarantining. And um, this organization uh, was running weekly check-in meetings for the Asian community. And I thought that was a beautiful thing, a way we can all kind of like get to know each other without um, risking our health. And so after a while, um, they were burning out as well. And so I kind of stepped in and volunteered to take over these weekly sort of mental health check-ins. And that's how it all started. And after a couple of months, I felt the need to kind of expand it further to all BIPOC folks, not just Asians. And um, yeah, so that's how I really started stepping into my, my strength and power as a mental health facilitator and advocate. I'm definitely still very early on in my journey, so I don't want to pretend like I'm the gatekeeper to knowledge here. I'm here to just kind of learn along with everybody else. So yeah, so that's, that's where I am today. And obviously, I can share more a little later. Thank you so much, Din, for sharing all of that. And, you know, I, well, I want to say a couple of things. First thing is that I met Din through that uh, weekly uh, check-in that you did at the beginning of the pandemic. And that's how we became friends. Um, and then the other thing I want to um, just mention is that, you know, you said that you're kind of like rebellious. And I just want to say, like, I don't know if you're aware of it, but I just know that's like the Aquarius in you, like the Aquarius in you to rebel and be like, screw it. I'm going to become an artist. Um, and you know what? I still think you're an artist, Din, even if your path isn't what you had expected it to be. I definitely still see the artist in you. Um, and I love that about you. But um, I'm wondering if you can share a little bit more about you know, what it's like to be a mental health facilitator and advocate um, during a pandemic, because I mean, from what I kind of see is like people who work in mental health previously to the pandemic, like that was already hard and um, trying to break down like all the stigma, the stigmas that um, come across mental health, especially in the Asian community. And then with the pandemic, I'm seeing like it's even harder because there's so much intensity and like there's like Asian hate and all that. And so I was just wondering, you know, your thoughts on that and how it's been, especially for someone so new. Well, that was a, a multi-step question. So I'll try to get through much of it and then feel free to come back to some of the stuff I may gloss over. Uh, my short-term memory is very, uh, 
non-existent these days. So please bear with me. So uh, what is it like to be a mental health facilitator and advocate during the pandemic? Oof, that is a tough question. I'm gonna be like totally honest, which is usually my the way I live my life. It's been fucking hard. Hopefully y'all are okay with cursing on this podcast. Yes, great, thank you. It's been really, really difficult. Um, and it's not just the journey of like learning how to facilitate and like, you know, at the beginning, I think I was talking to Hien at the, at the beginning of the pandemic, I was going to a lot of webinars and Zooms and learning from different people, like the way I felt most aligned with how to facilitate. And honestly, I didn't even go to those spaces looking for that knowledge. It's just stuff that kind of, I felt like, oh, I really like the way this person is holding the space or, oh, I don't really like popcorning. It causes me anxiety. So that's something I personally wouldn't do. I'm not going to judge if that's what you want to do. But um, and so it's just interesting how I like kind of started picking up all this knowledge that kind of helped me lead me to where to where I am today. Um, and I feel like the hardest part about being a facilitator is you have to take yourself out of the equation and by that I mean I had to remove my ego I had to remove certain predetermined things I had already thought like you know how a lot of people as you get older you have fixed ways of thinking about certain topics but you can't kind of bring that bias into your space and so for me, it was really like letting go of a lot of like these deeply held beliefs and really allowing myself to be open to other people, be open to their ideas and really just kind of doing a lot of inner self-work and shadow work. And all of that is really, really difficult in, uh, you know, regular times, let alone, you know, pandemic times. And so, yes, there, it's definitely been a very steep learning curve for me to to get here. Um, and yeah, I would say just learning to kind of be a non-critical observer and deep listener has been probably one of the bigger steps that I've, I've taken to, to get to where I am today. Yeah, thank you for sharing all that. I think you answered all my like questions really beautifully. And I'm sorry, that's like a habit of mine on this podcast is like, I'll end up asking like five questions. Um, but I just want to say like, I, I think the work that you do is just so beautiful and so impactful. And honestly, to me, you make it look easy. Like the way you're able to hold space for people um, to like share about, you know, all the things that are going on in their lives, whether it's like the celebrations or whether it's needing advice or whether it's just like, you know, I'm grieving this, this week or today. Um, I just really want to say that I love that about you, that you're really good at that. And I also wanted to ask, like, I know, and this is from like, you know, knowing you and like, we're also friends, is that um, something I really admire about you is how you model rest. Um, like you will just sometimes take time off like a week, like weeks off or a month or a month or something. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that of, um, I guess, kind of like setting boundaries and taking care of yourself, um, not just during a pandemic, but also, you know, I think as a mental health facilitator, how important that is. Wow, that is a very um, important question. Thank you so much for asking that. Um, I did not know how to rest for a lot of my life. As again, child of immigrants, you're taught to work and work and work some more. 
my parents unfortunately did not model rest. They continuously, they're now at the age where they're, um, one is already retired and the other one is getting toward the age of retirement. But she basically, my mom said that she wants to continue working. And, you know, it's, it's kind of sad in this, you know, just like to kind of like zoom back um, and to give a little background. I'm a caretaker for both of them right now. Uh, my dad has Parkinson's, so he's not as self-reliant uh, as he used to be. My mom's a little, my mom's younger. And so she's able to, to do more, but, you know, I think about this, you know, the day where it comes where like both of them will not be working or won't have like a lot of stuff to be able to do around the house. And I don't know what that would look like that for them. They they don't know rest. I can, you know, I always dream. My One of my um, fondest dreams is to kind of treat them and take them on vacation. And I was able to do that with my father, but my mom was like insistent, like, no, I can't, I can't go. I, I, I need to work. I can't take time off. And so, you know, watching that really makes my heart break because they've worked so hard and sacrificed so much. Oh, I'm getting like super teary. I wasn't expecting to, to, to cry on this podcast, but here I am. But, you know, it's watching them work so hard and sacrifice for you and for them to be able to get to a point where it's like, I think you're good. I don't think you need to work anymore. And not them not being able to know what to do with this time. And so I think because, you know, watching them do all of that and just basically working themselves to the bone, I've really like leaned in the opposite direction because that's not something I want for my life. Um, and not to say that pursuing a fulfilling career isn't something that should be valued, but the thing that I really took from the pandemic and when I finally left, I originally started out in um, the entertainment and video editing industry was that if you're gone, you're replaceable. I've learned that many, many times over my career. It's like I was out sick for a couple of days and I was taking phone calls from people asking about my job because they had posted it while I was away. And so, you know, that that kind of really wakes you up where it's like, oh, so if the next day, you know, you don't like me, I could just instantly be replaced. And so, um, hold on, just bear with me. I think I just fell off my train of thought. Um, I'm going to try and tie it back on how this relates to rest. Yes. So at the end of the day, it, um, I realized that work is not what defines me. I think a lot of people do tie their identity with what they do to make money. And at the end of the day, I was like, well, I can't take from my parents, but that's not in a way it is fulfilling, but it's also really fucking hard. So think long and hard if you decide to caretake for parents. But um, but that's not what I would say would define my life. My life's work, uh, which I'm lucky to have been able to find during the darkest times of the pandemic is to, to work with mental health, um, especially for the marginalized in the world, um, which is BIPOC folks and especially women and non-binary folks. Um, I feel like they are the ones with the least resources, the least options, and living that myself where I wanted to go to therapy for 10 plus years, but I feel like I didn't have that 
bridge to get from where I was to where I wanted to be, it was very difficult. So I hope in my work as a mental health facilitator and advocate to be able to guide people closer to that person of them or that version of themselves that they want to be regardless of, you know, how, what healing journey they take. And so, um, and I try to model that just by living my, my life that way as well. Feel free to cut anything out that I'm start rambling that happens with me sometimes. Oh my gosh, girl, girl, <laughs> trust me. Like all every, gold. yeah, like it's, it's all good. And like, you know, who else also is like, oh, I'm rambling Zara. And you know, who always loves it? Me. I love all of it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing all that. And, you know, Jen, I, I love you and you know that, but I just think you're so amazing. And I just want to say to like the listeners is like, Din is one of the reasons why this year, at the beginning of the year, um, I decided to go look at my calendar and take off like weeks for rest because of, of just how you hold space and also just how you model for me that rest is possible. And like you said, like, I don't need to, I guess, like identify with my work as much as I did in the past where I was like, I always have to teach a class. Like I said I would, so I'm going to. Um, and, and I'm feeling a little bit less like the need to do that because I definitely think it's been like conditioned in us, if not by our own families and our parents, by like society and like capitalism, right? Is to tell us that like, you gotta keep working. Um, and so I just wanna like, thank you so much for that, Din, all that and all that you do. I did want to interject really quickly to say that I think a lot of listeners listening today will be like, oh, rest comes easy to Din. Din knows like everything now. And I think that happens a lot due to the way we view our, the guides in our life or our teachers or people who you feel like know more than you. So you tend to accidentally put people on a pedestal and think that, oh, well, Din knows everything. So obviously she doesn't have the, the same troubles as we do. Y'all, what the fuck was rest back in the day? I didn't know. I was working nights, weekends, holidays. People would call me on vacation and I would like answer it because I felt like it was my obligation. It was, it was really difficult. So I do want to let people know that the journey to be able to allow yourself rest and space is a long and ongoing journey. So it's not like one night I woke up and I was like, well, my, my job shit, I'm just going to quit it and, you know, learn how to rest for the rest of my life. That, that is not something that happened to me. Unfortunately, it took a lot of trial and error emphasis on the errors because, you know, I'm human and I'm allowed these things. And so, um, yeah, so it was a long and difficult journey. And even through, as Yen was saying, the beginning of the pandemic and how you learned from me, it, I felt like I had to learn from a lot of other people because when I first started running these mental health check-in spaces, I felt an obligation to the community to keep going every week to make sure people had that space. And so, you know, at one point I had to cancel it because I didn't have capacity and it, these kind of decisions to change my schedule last minute was excruciating. Like my inner voice and my inner critic would come out and it's like, you're a failure. You should have like prepared yourself better for this, or you're letting people down and you're, you're not really a mental health 
um, advocate if you're hurting people by taking the space away from them. And um, I've been very lucky to be able to work with a lot of people and semantics and et cetera to really um, grow my voice of self-compassion. And that voice tells me it's okay to change. It's okay to take that pause. It's okay to take that rest from things. And luckily, um, I, you know, I was working at that really fast, capitalistic-driven pace for most of the pandemic. And um, to be honest with everyone here, I reached really like probably my maximum burnout the end of 2021, so last year, and I was not in a place where I could hold space anymore. I took, I think about two months off and there was a lot of guilt during that time. There was a lot of introspection and it was like, how can I continue to do this work if I'm working myself to the point where like I was burning out and not being able to take care of myself. And so that really kind of showed me that you know, it's okay, depending on how I feel each month to adjust the pace of how many events I hold. It's okay to suddenly take a month off. And I, I want to acknowledge that is a privilege of mine. I know there are people who can't just suddenly take off. And I am very grateful to be in a place where I can decide I don't need to do a second job to make ends meet. Um, and so, and I know a lot of people don't have that privilege, so I did want to name that. Um, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of trial and errors to get to this, this point. And I don't want to make it seem like, oh, you know, I'm perfect and everything and people need to be like me. I, I don't, I'm, I mess up just like everybody else. So I do want to, to allow and show imperfections are, are great and they, they make us who we are and help us learn. Oh, I related to a lot of what you were talking about. I think obviously anyone who's listening has already heard me talk about the Enneagram and type two and Dan, I believe identifies as a type two as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I know that there's more to it than that and not just to struggle with that, but like, oh yeah, the, the almost like a tied up we get in of how if I'm not doing something for someone else, like this space isn't worthy for just me almost. Yeah. And they, there's so much guilt and shame. And obviously like within capitalism, we're taught like you have to be a product and be doing something all the time. Otherwise you're worthless. So it's like double standards of it. Yeah. Oh man. And I really appreciate the way you articulated um, the journey of what it means to go through that and like sitting with the reality of that, of like, okay, it definitely feels, I feel unworthy right now. And I am worthy right now. And what does that mean? What does that look like? And where do I have space to create that reality in my life? Because I think you said something in the beginning I really liked. I will stop rambling. See, rambling. Um, but and you said something in the beginning that I really liked about how you've been making space for yourself. And like one of the questions I was going to ask if we got a chance to follow up was like, what does that, what does it look like to make space? And like, I feel like you described it really well as like taking the space to rest, taking the space to reflect and be like, oh, what is it that's coming up for me right now? What's true? Like, and what's actually not true of what I'm being, of what I'm telling myself. And I think that's really beautiful. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm going to pass it over to Hian and see if she has anything she wants to say, because I will keep rambling. 
I, I love it. I, I love the rambling. I, I always will. Um, yeah, I just feel like I'm really grateful to hear that journey. And I'm really glad that you are letting people know that, you know, if they're also struggling that, you know, that's just part of their journey. And I, you know, I'm a huge fan of self-compassion here. And uh, I also believe in embracing your imperfections because yeah, I'm, I'm saying like, oh yeah, I'm planning, um, you know, weeks to like take off this year, thanks to Din. And also I, that first week I took off was like, what, like last week or something. Um, and that was really fucking hard. That was really fucking hard um, for me as well. And so, yeah, I, I just love you, Din. And, and I think that this work is for um, really all of us to do in our own way is to figure out, you know, how to make the rest work for us. And also, you know, how to take care of our mental health in whatever way um, that we're able to with our resources. So Din, um, we like to always ask people this towards the end. Um, what's one thing you want to see more of in wellness? And what's one thing you want to see less of in wellness? And wellness could mean like um, more broad or you can make it more narrow to like the work you do, like mental health facilitation in particular. Why are y'all asking me all the hard questions? Like putting me on the spot today. All right, what do I wanna see more of? And the other part was, what do I wanna see less of, correct? Okay, let me see. Um, I would love to see more accountability in wellness. And I will use that in the broad sense because not everyone here is specifically uh, mental health related or they, you know, yoga and wellness related. And so I, by accountability, I mean really owning your mistakes, not in a way where you need to be shamed or say you're a terrible person, but I've had a couple of experiences specifically in trainings and in coaching where people didn't own the harm that they've done to me, even after I explained the harm that was done. And so I feel like, yeah, I think places can be made safer if people took a step back and thought about, oh shit, I fucked up and then made amends of how to actually go forward to prevent this harm. Obviously we can't 100% guarantee, even as a mental health advocate, advocate and facilitator, I know I will harm people in the future, but my goal is to do the least amount of harm because I know I'm human and it's gonna happen. There's no way to guarantee that. But when people come to me and tell me, you know, privately, doing this, you know, doing X in your space triggered me or harmed me. I really think about it deeply and really reflect like, how can I learn from this experience as opposed to coming from a place of being defensive? And it's like, oh, but I didn't mean it that way. Or that wasn't my intention. Oh, I'm sorry, you misunderstood me, which is a lot of gaslighting that we can get very often from the wellness industry. And I would like to think of it in a in a kind of like optimistic way where people don't intend to go to that space where they blame you for what's happened but I think as people 
as humans, our ego drives us more than we would like to think. And when we tell someone that they've harmed us, that ego gets triggered. That ego is like, well, I possibly can't have harmed them. I did this training. I've done that. I've learned this. I used so many hours. I went to school. It's like, so, you know, obviously there was a miscommunication that created it. Yeah, I feel like the ego gets triggered when you tell someone that they've harmed you, even when you're telling them with love. It's not as a way to call them out or make them feel bad about themselves. It's a way you can lovingly invite them to learn and move forward from a place of lesser harm. And so, and I know from the beginning when I started doing this facilitation work and people have mentioned um, some certain things have harmed them. I used to go and like take it super personally. I would cry. I know Hien and I have had very deep discussions about like, oh my God, I can't be a good, excuse me. Oh my goodness. I can't be a good mental health facilitator if I've harmed one person in my life. And I realized, you know, that was the perfectionist in me speaking. And um, yeah, so, so to, to have a very long answer to this question, I would love to see more accountability where people can own the harm that they've done to others and actually take steps to repair it. I've had many people apologize and the apology ended there, but then the harm would continue. And so that is not um, a safe way to be holding space. Um, What would I like to see less of? So let's see. Ooh, there's so many things I want to see less of in wellness. It's, 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 it's a hard one to just pick just one. Let me let me think over that a little bit. And these answers are not rehearsed, so hence why there are a lot of pauses. And you have my permission to leave the pauses in because I don't want people to think everything is like polished and perfect. Um, let's see. Let's see. I would like to see less of false promises. Um, By that, I mean um, heavily in the coaching and wellness world, they promise you if you pay me this amount of money and take this kind of class or take this program, you're gonna be amazing. You're the the you after you take my class will be 100% better. And I've taken a lot of these trainings and don't, I can't, I can't say that that's worked out for me. It could be a me problem. I, I do have some issues with working in a group. Uh, so I do own up to that. I'm not going to name names. Don't worry. Your, your secret's safe with me. But um, yeah, I've, I've definitely paid good money and spent a lot of time going to various trainings where they promised me that my life would change after taking these kind of things. And I would like people to stop over promising. I know, I think deep in their hearts, they think what they're saying is true. And um, and even as someone uh, who's worked on themselves, it was actually really hard for me to step away when I found a program or training to not work out for me. Um, that fear of failure came up and, you know, a lot of um, inner critic stuff came up about, oh, well, there's something wrong with you if you need to leave the program and everybody else is getting so much from it. And I realized at the end of the day, 
my path is my own and it's not everyone else's. So unless you're having everybody walk the exact same path as you and lived, have the same lived experiences as you, there's no way you can guarantee success at the end of a certain program or training or whatever it may be. You can say that you may gain more insights to certain things that might help you later on. But yeah, I feel like there's a lot of overpromising and false promises in the wellness. And if we just want to just go straight to like, even just diet ads, it's like, take this pill and you'll lose all this weight or have this surgery and you're going to be beautiful and your, your life will be perfect. Or, you know, take this topical cream for, for various skin conditions. It's just like, why, why y'all got to do that? It's like, it's making us all feel bad about ourselves and just you know, fuck it. I'm just, I'm just living it here with all this acne going on from my stress this week. And, uh, I, and I'm good with that. I'm, I'm okay with that. So, uh, yeah, so that was my very long answer to that. <laughs> Din, I love you so much. Um, thank you for those thorough answers. And I think it's important because I think people like either need to, to hear that, or people need to be reminded that they're not the crazy ones for feeling weird about the overpromises and the lack of accountability because there's too much of that BS. Uh, but last question I want to ask, you know, is how can people get in touch with you? Um, yes, I am on Instagram, but I'm working on being on it less because I have found it to be a little bit detrimental to my mental health. Um, my screen name or what is it called? I don't think it's called screen name. I'm back in the AOL. I love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm giving everyone my intimate messenger. Get in touch with y'all, me. AOL. Y'all can aim me. Yeah, you got new message. I'm like, oh, yes. Ken doesn't know what we're talking about exactly. It's do, I do. I do. I was I was an aim kid, all right? Okay. And my <laughs> aim name was Hien Alicious is me because I was Aww. a big fan of Fergalicious. But it's it, on Instagram, it's username user day. Okay. So yes, folks can um, catch me on Instagram, but much less lately due to it kind of affecting my mental health is um, it's at depth girl. And it's um, I'm sure Hien and Zara can put that in the caption because spelling it out over audio is, is a pain. Um, I am working on a website I have no promises of when it's going to actually happen. I've been trying to work on this website all during the pandemic and life is just like, Din, no, it's not happening. And I was like, all right, cool life. I got you. So yeah. So right now, mostly it's through my, um, through Instagram and you can sign up for my newsletter on there. Um, like Hien has said, I do uh, a couple of monthly events here and there called BIPOC Community Care for all BIPOC, which I define as Black, Indigenous, and people of color uh, for non-binary and, uh, excuse me, for non-binary and uh, women. Um, ooh, my, my brain just stopped, hold on. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so I, I do BIPOC community care events a couple times a month, depending on my capacity for BIPOC and uh, non-binary non folks and women. And so, yeah, so I don't have any more events this month since I'm low capacity. Um, I believe that's all I've got going on for now. There's a lot of 
stuff happening, you know, behind the scenes in my brain. And I will be sure to let you know when my website comes out or any new offerings come out. And I did want to say, Hien, I'm so proud of you for allowing yourself rest. I would see your schedule and be like, is she not going to take a break all throughout the pandemic? And I didn't want to say anything to you because I love you. I didn't want to get, get all up in your business. So, but I feel like the best way for me to be able to um, teach people rest is to model it myself and hopefully have that be a way to guide them there um, as opposed to telling them, which again, you know, sometimes can trigger our, our ego a little bit. Not to say that, you know, you're egotistical or anything. I love you so much. And I'm so happy to be here with, with both of you today and having these like really difficult conversations that we don't have in our everyday lives. So thank you so much for holding this space. Thank you so much, Dan. I love you. And you're definitely right. You're definitely right about what you said. I love you so much. And um, thank you for coming on um, to speak with us today. Yeah. Thank you, Jen. I loved having this conversation and hearing you share your stories. Thank you so much. So this is the uh, post interview with Din. Um, and Din shared a lot of wonderful wisdom. And I'm just so grateful to have had her on to share about her journey and just a lot of insights on how we can take care of ourselves during this time. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I think I've probably talked about mental health on this podcast before. I think we both have. And it is really amazing to have a mental health uh, advocate and facilitator on who can really provide some insight of what it, I mean, it's a journey, you know, mental health is a journey and taking care of yours is a journey. And for someone to share that, their experience with us and be in the space of a facilitator, I think was really special. So yeah, I just loved it. And I think that was great. I'm also curious, what's on your mind today? Ian? So today I feel I'm not sure how I feel. It's one of those days. Um, what's on my mind is just, you know, uh, feeling like I want to nourish myself, like wanting to like make sure I drink enough water because I've been kind of dehydrated lately. So just feel like I want to uh, do, I guess, like the basics, like nourish myself and like, you know, just look at the basics of my to-do list for today. That's, I guess that's what on my mind today. That's what's on my mind today. And like, not knowing how I feel what's on your mind today. Oh, it's kind of similar. Cause I also don't really know how I feel. I can put it into words for you, but I, I'm needing not like a full break where I need to like take time off, but I need, I'm excited for that. It today is Friday when we're recording this and I'm excited that, uh, after this, we're kind of done for the weekend and I get to, or at least I'm done for the weekend. I'm not sure what your work schedule is like, but I am going to curl up in the bed and just sleep and drink water and make sure I nourish myself with food and try to do as little as possible this weekend. <laughs> um, yeah, because I have had some flares thoughts wise and physical, mental, chronic health, sorry, physical health stuff, uh, mental health, because <laughs> we're all struggling mentally. 
but yeah yeah so rest yeah I hear you on that although you know so far this week I, I am doing okay but like you I'm just also glad that this is a Friday and I get to enjoy the weekend and so um you know um some of you might know this some of you might not but I have a part-time job that I started um late last year and so sometimes my weekends are busy with my part-time job but actually this weekend I am not working at my part-time job (laughs) and so I am gonna have the weekend off and I'm really excited for that Uh, One of my plans is to go up to Seattle to meet up with a friend who, you know, prior before the pandemic, we saw each other more regularly, but we don't see each other as much. So, you know, I'm excited just to catch up with a friend and talk about life. Um, So, yeah, it's it's looking good. Um, I just want to ask you because I'm curious, what is the weather like where you are? Because let me tell you where I'm at. It's been really wild. And so we're recording this today on April 15th. And so that's like springtime, right? And so here where I'm at yesterday, I kid you not, we had snow. We had snow. (laughs) And in some places there was hail and rain. And then we also had like sunshine towards the end of the day yesterday, all in one day. And so right now I'm looking out the window and it's blue skies and sunny, but who knows how long that will last because the weather here in the Tacoma, Seattle area during spring can be kind of funky. Um, yeah, the weather here is truly insane. Um, I mean, normally it is because I live in Florida, central Florida. Oh, hey, Zara, I could edit, but do you want to shift your language just there? Oh, yeah, thank you. Um, I appreciate that. Call me in. I'm here for it. Um, the weather here has been unpredictable which I think is actually a better descriptive word isn't it crazy how oh my gosh I did it again isn't it just truly unhinged how it slips into our vocabulary because it's like a filler word almost and as soon as you recognize it and you're like oh that actually doesn't even describe the thing I'm trying to say (laughs) yeah so thank you um but back to the weather I do think it has been, it's been unpredictable. Like last weekend we got, which was really nice for Florida people. It got into the forties in the evening. I know. And it was in the seventies during the day, which is really nice, especially for April. Um, But this week it's been in the nineties. And I mean, like the rain here, we get it from both coast, like, because we're in central Florida. So we get like east coast pressures and west coast pressures I did those backwards in my mind but that's fine um you know mental pictures nobody can see but I'm describing the errors in them uh <laughs> but like getting so much weather and it's like it, it normally rains randomly here but we've had some crazy storms this week like I lost my power not for long but earlier in the week so some wild yeah. storms wild storms we're all about those wild storms because we're changing our language to uh, reduce ableism. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, so in Florida at this time of year, does it tend to get super hot? Is that why you said going down to 40 at night was nice? Yeah. Yeah. So this is the beginning. So Florida is in a tropical climate. And for those of you who do not know, we do only have really two seasons, I think, in a tropical climate, which is like the hot season and the wet season. Or maybe that's not right. The dry season, 
and the wet season. I don't. I can't. There are basically two seasons. We call them hot and hot and wet. Um, there are more specifics to it that I don't remember, but um, yeah, we're entering the hot wet seasons of the year. Season of the year. So yeah, it's gonna rain every single day, and it's gonna be hot every single day. Um, but yeah, I am not looking forward to it in the sense of like. I have pots and one of the things that makes me flare is uh, heat. <laughs> and, but I am a Florida girl at heart. So that means I get to spend lots of time in the pool and hopefully fingers crossed at the beach, you know? So yeah, how about Seattle, North Tacoma area? How's your summer gonna be? Honestly, I don't know at this point. Um, I imagine last summer it was so wildly hot, like intensely hot. Um, and so I am anticipating it will be that hot again. And so I am just anticipating trying to be outside near the water because luckily for me where I live, there's a lot of bodies of water. There's a Puget Sound and there's like lakes near us or where I live. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just anticipating um, hot, hot, hot as we get closer to summer and trying to stay hydrated. The hydration is going to be really important, I feel like, this summer. And it's something that I've just been forgetting, you know, to like, oh, yeah, like, I'm really thirsty. I really need to drink some water. Um, but, yeah, I I just feel like, uh, I guess, hmm, what what is the word that's, like, um, not balanced, but, like, just feeling kind of, you can't see what I'm doing, but, equanimity I'm, I'm just feeling kind of mm. like like I'm leveling out with my hands that's what I'm doing so y'all can't see but Zara can see I just feel kind of like here like I'm just it's not up and down it's just like a leveling yeah that's equanimity is like where is you know there's a high end. that and that is the four virtues so like we love to hear it um for our resident four being like I just yeah it's not highs it's not lows it's just in the middle and like equanimity is knowing their highs and lows but just yeah not driving you right there is a lot of highs and lows around me of course because I live in the world um that we're living that we're all living <laughs> in right now right yeah um but right now I'm just feeling very I'm feeling the equanimity I will just say really fast that you know I'm feeling excited looking at the unionization efforts with Amazon. So like seeing that things are mm. happening and that makes me feel happy. Um, but also knowing like there's a lot of hard things going on in the world. So I guess that's where I'm just like, I'm excited for the good things. I see the sad things and hard things, but wow. Imagine that a four feeling equanimity. <laughs> mm. That is, I mean, like, that's really just the best thing I've heard all day, all week. <laughs> and yeah, obviously, I mean, it's not about the static staying there, but like the like journey of it. It's beautiful. Thank you. Sorry, interrupted you. Oh, no, totally fine. It's just, um, and that's probably why I'm having a hard time describing it because equanimous, I don't even know if that's a word, like to say you're feeling, to say I feel equanimity sounds more like, is equanimity a noun? not an adjective right and so it's yeah I'm confused now we're getting into the semantics yeah I think equanimity is a noun but I do think uh, okay I equanimous because I keep getting it confused with the outcast album equanimini or whatever 
Okay. So Outcast has an album and it's like, a, it's using a play on the word equanimous. Fuck, now I can't, even, we can't say the word now because they're an Aquarius and a Gemini and they put it together and it like, you of know, course. the balance and the, yeah, it was really cool. Obviously, Andre Dazen is a fucking genius. So, you know, yeah, and Big Boy. I agree. Can't forget Big Boy. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, now, now we've had a music lesson and a. <laughs> An Enneagram lesson. <laughs> no, I love that. Um, anything else you want to share, though, Zara? <sighs> anything on your heart? I am just deeply tired, and that's that's what's true for me right now. I wish I had beautiful insight or something cool, but uh, yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> no, and that's okay. That is okay to say you're tired because. I bet there are people who, by the time this podcast is out, which will be months from when we record, will also be like, same. So <laughs> it's very possible that the day the podcast comes out, this episode, I'll also be like, yeah, I'm tired. Thank you, Sarah. I'm also tired. So um, that's that it is what it is. So thank you yeah. for being with us on the journey and for listening and, you know. Um, as always, you know, please take care of yourself and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. And rest. Thank you. We love you. Yep. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Thoughtful Wellness Revolution podcast. For bonus content, you can go to thoughtfulwellnessrevolution.substack.com and subscribe for $5 a month. You can also follow us on Instagram at Thoughtful Wellness Revolution to share your thoughts. And don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you're listening.